Odd Babers, we're here at the co-op uh, live. Myself, Rod Babers, Jerry Hamilton alongside. It's a Friday afternoon's Longhorn live stream brought to you by Andy Ludicky at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, Jerry and Rod, I tell you what, uh, the Longhorns coming off a big win in Tuscaloosa on uh, Saturday a week ago. They're going to try to keep the magic going this week. What, what, are, what are y'all's thoughts? It may not require as much magic, we think, uh, is what you guys want me to believe. But I'm one of those – I'm a negative Nelly sometimes, so I'm, I'm a little pessimist. I have to worry about all of them. Yeah, the last 10-plus uh, years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. got you always the glasses half half empty for you. Yeah, yes. um, but, no, I think we can start believing, guys. I agree. I mean, that's that's the ultimate question that the Longhorns answered versus Bama was, uh, is it possible for this team – to be a championship caliber team, right? Is it possible? Can they go out there, be a four-quarter team, win a game in the fourth quarter? Uh, and we saw that battle adversity uh, against a, a, a high-level opponent on the road. There was some, We've been talking about Sark's record on the road for a while. We've been talking about this team, how they perform in the fourth quarter, how they get outscored in the fourth quarter, the lack of adjustments, uh, all these things. And I feel like they checked so many boxes. And I love the fact that Quinn Ewers called the team meeting. Usually – Team meetings, I, I've been saying this, so I'll, I'll, I'll just cop to it. Usually I referenced you this morning, Rod, on this. Yeah. I say usually it means things are going wrong, right? It's like yeah. marriage counseling or couples therapy. <laughs> you ain't going and using this things are going wrong, but it's nothing wrong with going to couples therapy or marriage counseling, even when things are going right, just to make sure that any potential issues that could arise, that you already have a plan in place for them. And I think that's what this team meeting was. It was the exception to that rule, Jerry. Yeah, I got. Rod, I, I, by the way, Bobby, I got to call Rod out. He's supposed to have his SEC hat on today. Uh, <laughs> you're right. If I knew I was going to wear white, That's I would have worn. How about, by the way, by the way, guys, full disclosure: me and Bobby wore the same shirt today. The same exact shirt. Look at that. Hey, we wore the same shirt today. I had to change in the co-op. Well, I was going to say, Rod's the Rod's the pro though because he had a backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not have a backup. Um, hey, I, uh, in all seriousness, yeah. Jerry, you, you're talking about the couples therapy, et cetera, on that. I When I heard Sark say that yesterday on on uh, at the press conference, I literally, I, I think I had PTSD. Because of all of the players' meetings oh. I've heard, it usually came in your time right after OU. Oh, <laughs> you know, you always, lose, always have something, lose bad. Yes. something bad happen. Players only meeting. You can dial it up. You can set your clock by it every time. Hey, <laughs> I, 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 here's my thoughts on the game uh, this Saturday, and it's not about the X's and O's. It's not about all of it. We'll get into all that. We'll get into all. It's going to be an amazing recruiting weekend. Um, yes, Colin Simmons has announced on Twitter he's going to be in. Um, he's actually liking Trey Johnson tweets, too, so he's trying to help basketball recruiting. But <laughs> at Saturday night when that clock hit 0 I was so excited for Sark and the players. I, I, to watch them celebrate, to watch that team get over the hump. Tomorrow night, well, tomorrow's starting at 445, I'm excited for the Texas fans. Because they get the welcome in. The Texas team gets off the bus at the north end of Bevo Boulevard at 445. I think this team's going to have an amazing ovation. And then when they run out from under that tunnel, shortly before 705 kick, I think it's going to be an ovation like Texas fans uh, haven't put on in that stadium in a few years. Maybe it's just the end of the Notre Dame game in overtime. I think it's going to be that crazy tomorrow night. And anybody worried about a player letdown? I'm not – tell me I'm wrong Monday. I'm not 
because I think these fans are going to push these guys to have adrenaline like they don't even understand right now. I, I got to be, I think when you were describing that, Rod got goosebumps over here, Jerry. I'm ready to go, baby. <laughs> no, I started thinking about it. Too. I was like, man, I've been running out of there. It's going to feel just uh, electric. Can you imagine? Yeah, no, I'm because the fans have been, you're right, the fans have been waiting on this moment. They've been waiting on the moment to be able to, to show their gratitude for a Texas football team that represents the brand and, yes. and once again brings the brand back to a, a, a place where it is respected and feared and no longer mocked and ridiculed. That's right. Amen, brother. I'm with you because I'm ready to do it too. Give on Bevo Boulevard. I'm going to be out there too. Hey, let's go, brother. Hey, and what, what hey, an environment hey, to recruit, so Bobby. What an environment to have recruits in. Tomorrow. No doubt. It's going to no be doubt. awesome to have recruits at this game. Yeah, I, I think that you mentioned all of that, Jerry, and, and they deserve it. Yeah. That's the other thing that, that I, I feel strongly about. We talked all offseason. You, you go back to a lot of these guys leading this team, Jalen Ford, Jade Barron, Jake Majors, Christian Jones, they all lived through five and seven. Oh, did they not? Great point. They Kansas, Kansas celebrating on the field in DKR with 57 oh, points. That, they they all lived through that and worked through that and went through it. Um, and I, I got to tell you that that is going to be rewarding for them because they've seen the trough and the mountaintop a little bit, right? Now, I, I think that's part of the, the process. And for the fans to reward them for that by coming out tomorrow, it'll be huge. The trough is a great thing. It is so true. <laughs> the, the, trough, guy, the trough is the best. And guys, on Bevo Boulevard, right there um, on the, I guess, the west side um, is where LHN does their pregame. And Texas fans on Bevo Boulevard, go thank those guys. It's the last LHN game. Yeah, and you know what? This is what I love about it too, guys. It's the way the process is, is working out. Because there are like so many older, old, older guys involved in this process. Like Michael Huff has like you know been involved in the round. I love that VY was there at you know at the Bama game on the sidelines hanging out. And he's talking to Quinn, you know, in between snaps. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's yeah. giving him little mini pep talks. Uh, I love hell, I love that Derek Johnson, hell, one of the goats. I mean, these are all goats, right? These are these are guys who are legendary lifetime longhorns. And they're around there because they remember what, what it looks like, what it feels like, what it, the sacrifice that it took to be at the top of that mountain. And they, I, I would, I'm going I'm to I'm call DJ tonight and ask, talk to him and ask him because I bet those guys are going to tell you, yeah, man, it's starting to feel like that. It's starting to look like that. It started these, you know, these guys are starting to act and sacrifice just like just like we did. And I think that's a good thing, too, that these guys have been a part of the process. I, I don't know how to quantify it, but I I guarantee they played a huge role because those guys look I, up to them. I mean, it, it just happens. It's a coincidence. But Jonathan Scott and Quan Cosby going to Texas Hall of Honor tonight. Two yeah, guys yeah. have national championship rings. Quan's hey. been around, too. I can't say I that. Mean, He's been around. Yeah, Quan I mean, walked in the store just a few yeah, minutes ago. Like, yeah, I, I apologize, Quan, because I forgot Quan's been around. He probably been around more than all of them. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, I, I love that. That's part of the family, and I do think you're right, Jerry. Man, it's going to be. I don't know if the last time we can say the Texas crowd is going to be as raucous and as wild and as loud as they're going to be versus Wyoming. <laughs> It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not like a top five teams coming to no. town. Well, it's, amazing. it's amazing how timing works out. The LED lights are brought out tonight, right? I mean, just it, the timing of it all is really good for this team to help push them along in a game that it's it, – Rod, you can speak to this as a player. 
as fans, as media, we say, oh, these guys should be up for this game. But human emotion doesn't work that way. You just beat Alabama. You're not going to come back Monday and Tuesday and have perfect practices like you're practicing before the Rose Bowl or or national championship game or the Big 12 championship game. It's not physically, emotionally possible. But I, I think the interesting thing is all this has come together kind of with perfect timing for Texas. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I'll say this, too, because that is part of the challenge, right, to now play to a standard. You you won't yeah. be able to do as much prep as you did for Bama because we know that was extensive and thorough. That was something that happened even during the offseason. Um, and we know that they were, they were up for that game. But what you got to get up for is the routine, right? You got to master the routine. That is a week-to-week thing, a week-to-week struggle is what the season is all about, and that grind is what it's all about. And I think that's why they had the players only meeting to remind them, no, nah, guys, actually, that's, you know, we were just embarking on this journey. That was the first step, to check the box, to check that one box. That was one of the most important boxes, but we did check it. Now you got to – I agree with you. I think now these guys are going to kind of reaffirm, recommit themselves. That's kind of what the meeting was about. Right. Guys, we got to recommit now. Yep. We got to recommit. Now we got to dab- double down. The process works. We've proven it. Sark has proven it. The coaches have proven it. It all works. It wouldn't have beat Bama if it didn't work. Now right. let's recommit ourselves to the ultimate goal. All right. Uh, we're gonna, we're live here at the co-op. Uh, myself, Rod Babers, Jerry Hamilton. Uh, appreciate uh, some folks coming out. Uh, they're getting some adult beverages here, uh, shopping a little as well. Uh, thanks to the co-op for letting us be around here. Also, thank you to our sponsor. Uh, each and every Friday live stream is brought to you by Andy Ludicky at MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to own your own business, run your own show, uh, give Andy a call. He has a process whereby he actually interviews you, tries to figure out exactly what kind of business you would be best for, puts it into a computer database, and it spits out three or four different answers that might might fit you. Uh, give Andy a call, 404-973-9901. That's Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. I actually know a couple of people have taken him up on it and uh, gone through the process as well. So uh, give Andy a shout uh, if you get a chance. Uh, guys, we're going to be taking questions uh, this hour as well, uh, talking about the Longhorns. Uh, Jerry, you mentioned early about a, a good venue for recruits oh, yeah. this weekend. There are a bevy of them coming to Austin, uh, starting with Colin Simmons, you mentioned, but also Ryan Wingo's coming back. The wide receiver out of St. Louis, Solomon Williams, the defensive end out of Tampa, is coming on an official and then a number of 2025 recruits, including one of the best receivers in the country, DeCorey and Moore. Yeah, and, and for fans out there, always realize these kids still have to get in their car and get to the game tomorrow, Friday night game. So the chances are one or two of these guys won't show up tomorrow. It always happens. But a couple of guys will show up that we're, we're not expecting either right now. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's huge. Colin Simmons put out on Twitter this morning that he was coming down, um, and, and that's not a surprise to us. Obviously, DeAndre Robinson is flying in in the morning. Um, uh, so the, one of the top commits out of Orlando Jones. And Ryan Wingo, obviously five-star receiver. Him and his family being back on campus this weekend is huge. Solomon Williams, the edge prospect, which Rod and I talked about this week in Talking Ball. We went mm-hmm. over edge guys out of Carrollwood Day. There was kind of a reason we were going that direction after Ethan Burke's play and then with Solomon Williams possibly visiting this week. Uh, he's coming in with his mom. And he was looking at September 17th this weekend, 16th this weekend, or the 30th for Kansas, whenever moms could make the trip with her work schedule. So they're getting him in. Uh, it's a guy that Texas really likes a lot, and he has a top five of 
uh, Alabama, Oregon, Texas, A&M, and Clemson, who's back in on him now, Bobby, which is interesting. But this one is really Alabama, Oregon, Texas right now. Some people would have to make up some ground. Uh, but, yeah, DeCorian Moore scheduled to be in. Top 20, 25 receiver in the state of Texas. I think the top receiver in Texas, period, regardless of classification. Nothing against the 24 guys. DeCorian Moore is just a little different cat. Um, he's an LSU commitment. He's scheduled to be in. Uh, tomorrow as well. Number of offensive line guys coming in. One offensive lineman that we changed at Inside Texas from this weekend to the 30th is Devin Harper out of Captain Shreve, one of the top tackle prospects in the country. He was originally looking at this weekend. He's actually coming in at Kansas, but it's going to be a great uh, visit visitor list. Uh, big time offensive line guys coming in. There's a kid named John Mills, a late guy coming in, an offensive guard out of San Francisco area, Bobby, a 2025 guy. Um, that he's coming in this weekend as well. So uh, Marcus Harris, the receiver out of modern day, scheduled to be in. Uh, obviously one of the top receivers in the country. He's like DeAndre Moore at 6'2", 180, 6'1", 180 with a little more size. But it's a great visitors list coming in. Hey, I've got to say this. Um, before we get it going, uh, i got to show you all something that uh, happened today. You mentioned you and Rod and, and some of the guys coming in. Well, you all did a video yesterday or th today uh, called The Quarterback Room. And Trey Owens, actually, the, the quarterback commit from the University of Texas, uh, from Cypher, actually tweeted Rod and you about that here. Love the kind from Trey Owens. Love the kind words from Jerry Hamilton and Rob Babers. I'll get the ball up. <laughs> that was yeah. fast hey, Rod, 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 Rod said all that. And, and I, at the end, I said, hey, man, everybody's got something they always have to work on. That's part of the thing. And I said, sometimes he drops the ball a little low. His carriage is a little low. I guess we know the kids watch. Yeah, exactly. I was like, hey, I'm hey the funny thing is, Trey's got a class, uh, at least one, maybe two with my son. They're both seniors at Cy Fair High. So uh, um, I'll be interested wow. to see if my son has a comment on this as oh, well. Nice. He's, he's got to be laying. Nice. Jezik's got to be going, no, no, dad. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah, don't, don't, don't get me involved. Um, hey, Jerry, uh, let's get to a couple questions here real quick. I don't think uh, Kobe Black is going to make it in, right? No, he's going to Stillwater to watch his brother. Uh, that's what Justin Wells is hearing. And that's not a surprise. Um, he's also, you know, he's still dealing with a little bit of an injury as well. But I think they're going to watch uh, his brother play. And this is, look, this is the last year for that, for Kobe and the yep, family. Absolutely. Um, hey, here's the question from Brett Mel. Why yeah. is the number four team in the nation only on LHN? Uh, because about 15 years ago, DeLos Dodds made that decision. And Chris Blonsky and some others in the athletic department to take the money from ESPN, not go to the Pac-12, 14, whatever it was going to be at the time. That is coming to an, to an end. Rod, this is actually the very last game on LHN, ESPN announced today. Wow, that actually didn't hit me until you said that. Yeah, okay. it will be the last one uh, for Man. the Longhorns. No Kansas on LHN then. Uh, That's a yeah. they used to have the Kansas game right. relegated to LA. Hey, hey, people want Kansas on people want to watch Kansas. Now. <laughs> Good for Kansas. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, hey, uh, some other other thoughts here. Get y'all's two thoughts on this one. Uh, this one from William Niche. Hope Bama is the real deal. Mm -hmm. And if they are and things exceed expectations down the road, would you want to face Bama for a second time? this season uh, maybe if you face bam a second time this season it's going to be with a different quarterback yeah that yeah. would be my start, best, start start their their best tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah tyler buckner starting tomorrow at south yeah. florida is oh, he yeah. really yeah. yeah that's the reports that they uh, wow. so here's my take on that 
Yes, because that means you're either playing in the Sugar Bowl in New York, New York, New York, New Year's Six Bowl, or you're in the college football playoff if you play Alabama again. You're not playing them in the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> so yes, if you play Alabama again, it's been a really good season. Unless you're playing in Orlando in the Cheez It Bowl, which means both teams went in the tank. Oh, it's <laughs> a disaster. Two fan bases. You know, do you think Nick Saban's going too quick to his bench? I mean, Texas is a pretty good defense, guys. Um, I believe that he uh, said that he was thinking about it during the game and just didn't do it because I believe Jalen Miro hit one of those big, deep shots downfield. He connected on one of those big shots downfield. So I think it was something they were thinking about anyway. I'm just surprised they didn't weaponize his legs more in that game versus Texas. Yeah. I think they did him a disservice trying to you know fit a square peg into a round hole. I think Nick could live with the first interception because that was good coverage by Texas. The second one – Oh, that was a total guess throw. And you yeah. can't be guessing in your own territory at quarterback. That was a guess throw. It was really late. And that killed any momentum Alabama had. I, I, I will say this. those Both those interceptions were, were in Alabama territory. And my, my thought on it is I, I'm with Rod. No quarterback power the whole game. Yeah. We didn't see one, did we? We saw a quarterback draw go oh, for quarterback 20. Draw, yeah. And then didn't see that again. Yeah. At three quarterback design runs, I believe. It yeah. Is. And so we're, you know, he's the GOAT, though. I mean, you can't, you can't give him, you got to give him that. Uh, hey, this one's uh, from David Williams. Uh, I've watched various shows and live streams that have discussed the offense and defense's most important players. After two games, I think Christian Jones might be the most important player on offense. What do you guys think who the, have been the most important players on offense? And defense. I think Christian might be the most improved offensive lineman. And he's playing at a pretty high level, guys. I mean, you would think the young kids are. Maybe DJ Campbell takes that honor later in the year. But Christian Jones has made some big blocks at key times this season. I mean, that Jonathan Brooks touchdown run now on that first and goal. Coach Oren said it this morning. He said it was after the Jaron Thompson interception, the most impressive thing to him was Texas punched it in from the five or six. The very first play on Alabama, it normally takes two or three times to punch that in against the team Alabama's caliber. Christian Jones had some big, big blocks. Um, I, I think Christian Jones, you could argue, is the most improved player on offense. I think Ethan Burke definitely is on defense. Are we talking about, uh, like, indispensable? Are we talking about the player they can't – taking quarterback out of it, right? That's most too easy. Important, yeah, important on quarterback easy. is too – Too easy? Yeah. Oh, do we have a backup center that we trust? I think Cole Hudson would, would perform there, but he's never started right. a game. But, but you're, so you're saying Jake Robertson, Robertson never started a game. You know, he performed really well. I mean, I'm, I'm going off indispensable. Yeah. I'll, I'll put JT Sanders and Jake Majors there because I, I think the, if you look at the backups behind them, I think that may be a, a huge drop-off right. for those guys. And we're taking quarterback out of it, obviously. That, I'll, so, I'm going to go a different one than you guys then. Go ahead. I go A.D. Mitchell mm, I like because that. he's opened up Xavier Worthy, and when Xavier Worthy gets doubled, in yeah. the second half, like he was against Alabama, guess what? There's an answer. That's true. Yeah. Now, now to your, to your point, two, JT you got, Sanders was an answer as well. You got, you got a lot yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, I mean, right. no, you, you're, you're That's a good point. You got but, two number ones, though. Now. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like that. What about on defense, though? I mean, I, going into the year, I would have said Jalen Ford just because you thought he was going to lead the team in tackles. I don't know if I see him as the most important player through two games, maybe because he only played half against Rice. I mean, he didn't. He didn't. He had plenty of stats. He just 
I still think he's got to be up there, but I mean, hell, he might be on the interior D line at this point. Ford or, I, they or just Sweat wreak, or Murphy. They just wreak so much havoc. I think between Murphy and Sweat, I, I think Sweat is grading out an extremely high level. Yeah, both of those guys are just extremely high level. Yeah. But I still think Ford is the one to injury. You just can't afford to lose because he also calls. He makes the calls. He's the leader. He get, he also will pick up on others. He'll pick up for his teammates when they make a mistake in coverage because of his instincts. I think he'd be a tough one. That's good. Yeah. That's a good one. All right, uh, here we go. This one from Buddy Powell, Chief Guy, Super Chat. Rod, with the crowd noises in Wyoming, not here at the co-op, every time they ring the bell, and you all hear that, by the way, that's somebody giving a gift to the university, to the students. Yeah. Oh, so that's a good thing. That, they, if you, that. Anytime you add a dollar or two dollars or something to your purchase, ring the bell. they ring the bell because nice. it goes to scholarship funds. That's All right, Rod with crowd noise. Wyoming will have issues on offense, but the Texas D will have issues communicating too. How does the Texas D overcome this as defensive players have their backs turned to the level behind them? If you're, well, if you're Miami, if you're Miami, you clap. And draw, and draw <laughs> AM offsides and Jimbo Fisher gets all upset. <laughs> um, no, that's a good point. Usually, uh, you'll have kind of nonverbal checks, nonverbal audibles that you have with your guys, whether it be hand signals or you know, different signals like that. So, that's how usually you get away with it on defense. And, like, our you know, our this is our I still remember our tango. Tango that means we're playing inside out on somebody. I got the outside cut, they got the inside cut. That's our tango. So, you just have, I think for mostly what I remember is hand signals. Use and nowadays they have the wristbands, which is a little, a little different. I didn't have wristbands, but now they have wristbands. That's also a big way they can communicate non verbally and be on the same page. And that's in the back end of the, the back end of the defense. Yeah. On the front end, you have the linebackers tapping tapping the defensive lineman. Yeah, and linebackers are like their air traffic controllers, man. Yep. Jalen Ford is controlling everything to make sure guys are in the right gap and lined up in the right place. That's on him, but you're right. It's usually nonverbal to tap, you know, making sure guys are lined up. And he's close enough, honestly, he can go up to those guys and communicate it to them. Got it. Uh, thanks, buddy, pal, for that uh, one. Uh, this one from Uvalde Coyote. Man, if he's coming in from Uvalde, he's got to get here. Uh, what is the <laughs> ticket app that Bobby promotes? It's game time, and I do use it. It's not one of those that I just am fibbing about. It's called Game Time. Go on there, uh, and they get the best last-minute tickets, in my opinion. Do you have it on there, too? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, no, no, you're no, looking no, up something else. Yeah, I got you. All right. Hey, uh, Jerry, this one's for you, buddy. Uh, anyone right now from Scott B., anyone right now on Commitment Watch for you? I know you said there, there are a couple of silence in the, in the, in the hamper, so to speak, uh, but are any of those guys, quote-unquote, on Commitment Watch, in your opinion? Um, You know, uh, the – the highly ranked guys like the Ryan Wingos, right? Even if he le it leaves and it's very much looking like Texas, uh, those kid guys, there's so much, there's so many people coming after them to set up announcements, right? For TV, YouTube channels, what have you. I, I don't think, um, I, I don't think uh, you're going to see um, anybody like jump out there and commit on Sunday, right? After the game. I, I could be wrong, but these kids have their, they're in their own lanes. Um, they have their own process they're going through. Um, so, yeah, not not exactly. Um, we're actually – we are chasing something right now. Solomon Williams may have to cancel his official visit. We're, we're seeing on that one. That's not what we want to hear, but he, he could come back for, on the 30th, right, Jerry? Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was the that was always the question, whether or not he would come on the 16th or the, or the 15th or the 30th. Um, all right, this one from Kevin. Rod, this is a good one for you, buddy. It is. Because I've often, often asked this. Yeah. When you played in the rain – 
Did you think it was an advantage for the offense or the defense? I would say definitely defense. Really? I would say so, yeah. Just, Even though they know well, where I'm they're DB, going. Though. I'm a DB, though. Okay. Same guy, but so I'm looking at it from a passing standpoint. Slick ball, getting out of in and out of your routes, not as easy, accelerating, decelerating. The ball's a little bit heavier, slick ball. So I'm looking at it from a DB's point of perspective. I'll admit, if, you know, if you are, I don't know, running the football, I imagine it's tougher on those guys up front. From a DB's perspective, and I, I, it was raining. That was great. I knew they weren't going to throw the ball deep very often when it was raining. You don't see that. That's really. true. I know they're gonna. The, the, it's gonna be a short to intermediate game most of the time too. So DBs, I didn't mind. I imagine linebackers and defensive linemen probably feel different about it. Trying to get your grip is probably bad too, and that's probably tough on those guys. I was wondering. I always thought because they knew where they were going. It is tough. I mean, what you want back? We play on a bump and run, so. Oh, so it was all reactive for you. Yeah, anyways. I'm just I'm trying to stay with the guy. I got I know, you. When I know you're not throwing deep downfield, it's easy to cover. It's not it's one cut. Routes, yeah, yeah, I got you. That makes total sense. <laughs> a good good question, Kevin. By the way, hey, I've got one from Mike here in the audience. Uh, Mike has asked me what was going on with that quarterback sneak on Saturday night. <laughs> tush push? Were they, they were, were they trying the tush push? That's what we think it was. We, did, did we ask Sark? We got to ask Sark. What? Well, somebody asked him, and he was like, ah, oh, we were just trying to make it. He didn't, it? <laughs> he didn't tell us what it was. We were just trying to make it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love that answer. You win, nobody's like, all right, move on. That's question. Nobody cares. Yeah. I think they were trying a little tush push there. Because, right, didn't JT push Sanders go right Yeah, but he him? went. He was like, he, he, he was trying I know. To I was like, snap. what's going on? That, that, that was a bush push is all that was. That was the bush push coming. Yeah, I think he was trying to push the yeah, exactly get the, get the two buttocks and he yeah. was trying to grab Quinn's buttocks and yes. push yeah. and push him over. Yeah, oh, sorry, I, I said that he was going to launch him over the Alabama. <laughs> I said grab Quinn's line. buttocks very loud in the co-op. <laughs> Everybody looked back at me. It was like, what the? <laughs> so sorry about that, guys. Yeah. Hey, uh, here's a good one uh, on the uh, super chat from Pete Thamel, uh, national writer. I think he's for with ESPN now on Reese Davis's podcast, mentioned being shocked at Texas's size in person. Saban praised our size on Pat McAfee's show. What changed? Steve Sarkeesian. Sorry. Yeah. That's, that's what humans. happened. Big humans. Yes. Uh, they, they essentially, in a, in a very, very uh, quick order, two years' time frame, they're bigger up front on both sides of the ball. Now, a lot of those guys, almost all the starters right now on the defensive front were guys that Herman brought in. That's true. Good so point. let's let's keep like that. Sweat, and, Sweat yeah. Murphy, and uh, Collins. Yeah. Now, Murphy and Sorrell actually came in in Sark's first class, but okay. they were already committed to Herman. To Herman, yeah. So, but, but let's be clear. The guys behind them, Ethan Burke, all those, those are all uh, – uh, Guys from from Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive line, with the exception of Majors and Jones, is all tech, is all Sark, and yeah. I think that uh, carrying on with the fact that you talk about a guy like Terrence Brooks at corner, he's a bigger corner. Yeah, he yeah. likes size. Yeah, he yeah. Size. I mean, yeah. uh, Ryan Watts comes in, Adonai Mitchell. Say, I mean, all those guys. Yeah, he wouldn't uh, have recruited a Rod Davis. Well, it's too small for Sark. Sark's like size. He wants some length, and I didn't have you know that much, so. <laughs> I would have ended up, you know, at TCU or something. <laughs> Damn it. You know, I no, goes. you would have been. You would have FSU or AM, you uh, said. Yeah, oh, you know, I'd end up with Dion. I probably would have been with Dion. <laughs> yeah, you would have, Rod. There's I no doubt. Dion, you said Colorado. I did in Colorado. Hey, um, I want to. Yeah, I, I was just going to say the other thing is it's the move to the SEC forces your hand, even if you, it changes your style. Mm. 
of recruiting for sure. And, and this staff was brought in and built for knowing that, right? Uh, but when you're moving east in that conference, whoever's the head coach knows they have to get bigger humans. Yeah, yeah. You're, right. you're not going to survive uh, uh, with a smaller Big 12 team in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Jerry, Rod, I want to tell you all this. Uh, while I was up here getting ready, uh, Rod, you hadn't walked in yet. Uh, we, I met Summer LaFowle. Uh, oh, Leonga LaFowle's mom. Nice. And she and uh, her kids are all in town this week. Uh, got a bunch of relatives coming in. Uh, so we hope Leonga LaFowle, uh, the uh, freshman linebacker out of Hawaii, uh, gets some time here. She was shopping at the co-op, bringing a bunch of stuff in. Uh, to, <laughs> I think she's getting ready for the crew. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> she, yeah, she yeah, I got to get everybody fitted. You know yeah, I mean? Absolutely. The long year. I want to say thanks also to our sponsor real quick, Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to own your own business and think franchise might be for you, uh, give Andy a shout at 404-973-9901. I know a couple of people have already used him and in, in, uh, are having some success in the franchise game. Nice. Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net if you're looking for to do something different. We're going to answer your questions, get to more uh, discussion here on the Longhorns uh, recruiting. I'm alongside Jerry Hamilton and Rod Babers. Rod and I are here live at the co-op uh, talking a little Longhorn football. Uh, Rod and Jerry, this one's for you guys uh, from East 8. I see a lot of people talking about us focusing on the running game in the game plan. Wouldn't it make more sense to focus on RPOs since that's actually the foundation of this offense? Is it the foundation of the offense or what they want to do with Quinn Ewers? Because Mm. Sark is big on play action. Yeah. I mean, it's not just RPO type stuff for them. Yeah. Um, And he wasn't an RPO guy with Mac Jones. And he wasn't with the uh, he wasn't with two as much as he was with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he he wants basically I would say close to half his passing game. I think he'd like for it to be a deceptive. Uh, I call it deception based passing game, play action pass, some RPOs thrown in there too, um, and then the screen game. I think he basically like half his passing games like that, probably even more than half when you actually break it down in percentages. So I agree. With you. I think he wants to do a lot of play action pass. And I think RPO, though, is something with Quinn Ewers. He talks about this, too, in his quarterback when he says the, cut, the, the traits he covets in quarterback. He, one of them is quick hands. Yep. And I think the quick hands is so they can have sleight of hand with the you know, manipulation of the mesh point and the play action pass, but also for the RPO. So they can, you know, obviously get quick out of the mesh point to the release point. Makes sense. Uh, thanks for the question, Ethan. Yeah. From uh, Thunderpup, uh, JT Sanders is so consistent, but don't you think he'd be more valuable in the draft if he blocked more while maintaining his receiving production? I thought he's last year at the end of the, se- the season, people were praising how good of a blocker he was. They were making like montages at the end of the season <laughs> about his blocking skill. No, I'm serious. I can pull them up. Montages. Uh, they really were. You eat a trough and you're going to go montage. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'll admit this year I've seen, yeah, I've seen him, you know, whiff on a couple of blocks this year. And he 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 has no excuse because we've seen that he's a capable blocker. Guys like A.D. Mitchell, that's a little different. I need to see him be an enthusiastic blocker. You ain't got to be capable, but. At least do it enthusiastically. Uh, but for JT, there's no question. It's in him. It's in his game. We've already seen it. I think this year he just missed a few. There's a lot more on his plate, though. I think they are trying to use him as a weapon now in the passing game. We saw that with his first 100-yard passing game versus Alabama. So there is a lot more on his plate. No excuse. Still, he's, he's a five-tool tight end. The first one we've had on the 40 acres since. Jermichael. Finley. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, no excuse. He's a he's a second-round guy. I think he, he needs to be able to prove that he's got the all-around game. The, the one thing is, the one thing is, if, if, seeing JT in high school, he was he was about a 
neutral wingspan guy. And I think that norm, that stuff normally shows up in your blocking against longer arm players. Like Dallas Turner's got probably an 81 and a half inch wingspan. That's a considerable different wingspan if those guys are going at each other. That's about a four, five, six inch difference. I could see that actually uh, very much uh, because uh, what what he also Sark asked him to do basically to seal the backside half the time. Yes, he does. So that's all that he's asking that tight end or H back really to do. So it's not, he doesn't have a lot of one-on-one face up blocking. When they do zone blocking, it's away from him in my opinion and, and he, or he's sealing off the backside. So he doesn't have a lot of opportunities Sark doesn't really like his tight ends in that situation. Yeah. I don't think, at least not JT compared to Gunnar Allen. And JT does move around. Uh, you know, the stats are that he moves around as much, if not more, than any player in the Power Five, not just tight ends. Like they, he shifts and moves. Really? Yeah. Like what do you the rates? So you, yeah, the rate the, they, they do a, re, a the movement rate, rate? that he he moves around. Yeah, I mean he moves around a ton. If you are comparing to other guys, but Sark likes movement anyway. But for him specifically, you watch him go, but just pay attention to JT on every play. He's probably in motion 15 to 20% of the time moving around. I want to add to this because this is something that Sark brings up, and I guess I hadn't thought about it now that you mentioned that. But Sark in both press conferences this week mentioned how um, he was really happy with how the team handled pre-snap motion Mm -hmm. on offense given they were playing in 100,000 people, exactly. uh, yeah. you know, stadium. Yep. Great and point. so I, I tell you what, uh, that, that is a, that's something to watch for uh, because they're an, a, they're a bunch of adults on offense. Mm. Almost all of them have experience. Yeah. It's, right? You know, Stark loved to point out that they had no pre-snap penalties from Jake majors mm. on the offensive line. You know, he wanted to point that out because that was, an issue last year and that goes to further development of players it's not always about how they look physically even though when we go to those first practices that's the first thing we notice the development is less mental errors and it shows up on the road texas never i'm not saying never they didn't put themselves behind the chains enough to where it affected texas drives Mm. All right. Yeah, I, good point. Hey, let's go with, to David Parcell. Y'all mentioned on a previous live stream that Sark was upset with the early week preparation and a lack of intensity. Do y'all know if that has picked up? The answer is yes and yes. Yeah. In uh, mm. part of what we were talking earlier today, uh, right when we started off, if, if you're just now joining us, Jerry uh, and Rod were talking about uh, the idea that Quinn called a team meeting on Tuesday morning and it was a preemptive one, yep. not one that happened after a bad loss. <laughs> Which is usually Oklahoma. The case. Yeah, it was usually I was in a bunch of those that was always after a bad loss. I don't think we bothered after losing to Tech in 2000. We were like, oh, the hell with it. This is our last year. Let's just get ready for the bowl game. <laughs> hey, Ashton Holloman's got a great question. Uh, is this team more so that? Okay. Uh, 05 had a unicorn. They had a unicorn. Okay. All right. Yeah. They had a they had a true unicorn okay. as good as we'll ever see in college football. Okay, I mean, that, I agree with that. You can't. That, that's just the thing. I mean, if you look, and nothing against Quan going into the uh, Longhorn Hall of Honor tonight, but and Lima Sweetie was a second round pick, even though, even though he double caught a lot of balls, he wasn't naturally great hands player. That team at wide receiver was limited. So the unicorn, no five, yeah, the unicorn because Jordan Shipley got hurt as a freshman. The uh, you know. The unicorn was the difference in that one, right? Um, I, I think you're closer in team 
uh, is probably a wait between those two, Rod. Um, I'll I'll make the counter argument and just say the because I agree with you one hundred percent about the unicorn. I mean, that, he literally was the difference in the game. That guy can't he's indefensible pretty much. Um, the lines of scrimmage. Yeah, that's why I'll go as close to O five because it hope if this O line continues to get better the week. That's that team's lines of scrimmage was just oh eight had a really good defensive lines of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah but not, not the only offensive lines of scrimmage. You're right. You're right. You know what I mean? Well, or, with, was that with, with Jonathan oh, Scott's going to the Hall of Fame, right? That's true. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, okay, Jay Scott would do oh, oh, five, four line, stuttered, oh, Blaylock. Yeah. Um, was, uh, three, Scott, four, 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 four NFL, NFL guys. Tony was a backup. <laughs> yes. I, and I think they had something like 27 years combined experience in the NFL. Yes. And that's so a great, great point, Jerry. The backups were also guys that we were projecting to go, other guys going to yeah. play in the league too. Yeah. That's close to what this team is. On the lines of scrimmage, yeah, so that's the only way I'll, I'll say that the old, the old uh, five team is closer. John Nash, hey, um, all right, I would go 08. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna say that because it was a it was a little bit of a surprise team. We thought they had the personnel in the preseason, but we didn't know what they would do. 05, the expectations were sky high, yeah, out, out of the gate, right? Very true. And so, I feel like from a a mental perspective, it's more expectations. Yeah, more yeah. 08, yeah. 05. They were we knew it. They knew from get go. Yes. They were trying to go undefeated, play in the national championship. I agree with that. You know, Armando, so 08 Armando was more Alanis, of a pleasant surprise. Armando Alanis has a good question. I, all right, you're Matt's going to have to help us on this one. Here we go. All right, does Texas back off of players in recruiting because they don't have the academics to enter the University of Texas? So, so I think it's a great question, and here's uh, here's why I think it's not a simple answer. One, there's no more SAT, ACT. Um, but two, if a player gets behind academically as a freshman, like a lot of kids do, but they have great effort and you and you mentally evaluate these kids and say, okay, this kid just he didn't he just didn't really try his freshman year, but look at what he's done now to get himself in a position. It, to me, it's not as easy as GPA pass fail necessarily it's your progress uh and that's part of the mental evaluation in recruiting man it's not always about the football player because the guy that's ranked 101 in the country and the guy that's ranked 199 at the same position i mean you got to look at both those guys and see which one's the best fit and so for the academic side um look i've just we bobby you know Rahel rod played with the guys i mean how many guys just didn't they, I, I just want to say they kind of pissed off their freshman year of high school academically, but then they kind of picked it up when they said, oh, my gosh, I have a chance to be this in recruiting. So, you know, it happens a lot. So now if it's a kid that doesn't try academically, I think it's a red flag at times. I, I, I want to say this. What's changed in my opinion, and I covered you in, in high school, okay, and going back even five, seven years yeah. before that, um, fundamentally high school teachers and high school coaches – are taking more ownership of that earlier in a kid's high school career. Okay. Yeah. I really believe that nice. because they don't want to be the ones mm. to be told you helped this kid. You didn't help this guy yeah. achieve what he needs to achieve. Yeah. They don't, they are, and, it, and y- y'all don't remember this. There used to be this thing called no pass, no play in the state of Texas. Yeah. It was a big deal when it came out. When that came out, the high school coaches actually started having to make sure their guys were passing. passing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. the GPAs, yeah. if, if, if their GPAs weren't up, they weren't playing on Friday night. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that, it made that high school coach 
Coach more, those teachers. more responsible. Yeah, be like, hey, <laughs> I need the GPAs of every, all yeah, these guys. Yeah. What, weekly. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then there's the caveat with these 24s, 25s kids. The COVID years in school, some of these kids were sitting at home having oh, to log yeah. into a computer and their parents are working. That's so academics naturally, I remember going to three or four high schools where they said a third of their freshman kids flunked out. A third. Because, hey, man, these kids have to turn on a computer. They have to log in for these classes. We're not – I mean, how do you make all this happen within these big programs? Like in North Shore, that's 50 and 60 freshmen. And the parents are working. So there was a little academic slip for some of those kids. I think they – and luckily I don't think they're being judged on that because I know my kid's a senior. His freshman year was brutal of high school now. All right. Uh, speaking with uh, Jerry Hamilton and Rod Babers, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, we're live at the co-op uh, here in Austin, Texas, having a little fun on a Friday afternoon before we get ready for the game tomorrow against Wyoming. Wyoming coming in 2-0 and against the Longhorns, also 2-0, and ranked number four in the country. Uh, special thanks to our sponsor, Andy, Ludic Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to start uh, your own business and want to consider the franchise game, uh, make sure you give Andy a shout at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or call him 404-973-9901. Uh, Rod, by the way, you and I are wearing some nice gear here, oh. uh, and that's compliments of a guy named Jeff Clark at 40 Acres, Acres Apparel. Apparel. Uh, Jerry, I got you one as well, buddy. Thank you. Uh, so we'll, we'll gear you guys up. Matt, if you if you act real nice, uh, our producer, I might get you one too, buddy. Um, all right. Uh, so special thanks to Jeff Clark. <laughs> all right. Let's keep going with some questions here. Uh, Rod, I thought this one was a really good one for you here. Any memorable rain games for you? Oh, wow. That is good. Um, my most memorable rain game, I, if, I don't know. Maybe y'all guys remember or not. It was Missouri. I think it was Missouri Oh, wow. Where, where it came with it. Where you had to evacuate the stadium. It was like right in Missouri yeah. 99. Yeah. It was like pouring down. I remember the field being soaked. Even every time you like plant and cut, it like splash. It was like puddles all over the field. And uh, I got a pick six in that game. <laughs> That's also what I remember. I got a pick six. And I had great hands in the rain. I caught it. That was before the, the reputation set in. That was not so, what, so what you're saying is when you really had to concentrate, you made the play. <laughs> <laughs> big games and in the rain, baby. <laughs> That's what I did. Uh, Missouri was a big game in 99. <laughs> for, for a freshman, it was. That was a big game. Man. Hey, 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 Ron, I got a question. I don't want to veer it too far off. The story of Mike Leach dropping the uh, fake play sheet when y'all oh, is that oh, yeah. true? Yeah. <laughs> that happened. That's real, man. That's real. <laughs> yes. And we, we we fell for it hook line. <laughs> they got up double. Dude, dude, oh, that's, up yeah. Bro, that's my only win versus Oklahoma. Mike Leach, if, Mike Leach almost had me 0 and 4 versus Oklahoma <laughs> in my career. You know how miserable I would be if I had to tell people my record was 0 and 4. I never had a win. No. And we were down 17 0. Oh, man. That was he bad. literally left the play. The, the story goes he, that he left he the walked, play sheet. He, he it acted off. like he dropped yeah, it in the tunnel. But it was, a, it was a plant. It was a dummy play sheet in Texas. <laughs> and it was it was either Oscar Giles or Tom. Who was it? Was it Oscar Giles or Tom Herman? One I think them. it was Herman was the GA. It was Herman. Yeah. I would say one of them took it up well, to, to the coaches. <laughs> Carl, Carl Bull Reese was all on it like, we got him. Ah, 
we got him. I'm gonna call these blitz on this. And we, I guess it took him getting out 17 to go, guys. This is not the script. This is no way this is it. Hey, as a, how's the weather looking for like for tomorrow? Uh, I'm being told scattered thunderstorms. Uh, we don't know oh. exactly when. Uh, game time temp or kickoff temp 84. Uh, now somebody may have something more recent than me on that as well. It's good for Wyoming. And I don't even I don't even know where to go next based that you just said that. What? Uh, because I, that <laughs> it's kinda, real. It scares me that hey. it's real. That's hey. the problem. Hey, we adjusted, baby. We adjusted. <laughs> somebody's a friend of Corby. Somebody's a friend of Corby Jones on this chat. There's the quarterback you picked <laughs> off. <laughs> Hey, hey maybe Corby's on this chat and doesn't want to admit it now. Hey, nice. That's right. Appreciate that, baby. Hey, tell I didn't, I didn't catch a lot of them, so he got bad luck. <laughs> Robbie dropped way more. He I definitely dropped. threw the most catchable ball. <laughs> I I will say this, Rod. You had a great one of the, your best picks was against Oklahoma State. Oh, it was a game game winner, basically. You you were lined Ooh. up against Rashawn Woods, right? Yeah, first round pick. I remember yeah. that. And I gave up a I gave up a touchdown early in the game. And then, because he's Coach Akina's favorite play for me, he said, I gave up a touchdown, and they went for two the next play. And I stopped the two-point. It, it was attacking your boy. They came after me. And I, I stopped the two-point conversion. And then Coach Akina was like, I knew they were going to come after your babies, and I knew you'd respond, man. Your money, baby, your money. And I came back and got the pick. So they were picking. Part of their game plan was to come after me in the game. Had to make them pay, baby. Well, the, the opposite side for me was Quentin Jammer, right? That's, or, or, or Nathan Bass. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> this is true. So, well, so, I mean, that's the difference. Anybody, you look at Jammer and warm-ups and you're like, I'm not going that direction. <laughs> Rod yeah. wouldn't go that direction. I would, no, no. That was definitely the smart move. Don't go out to Nathan Bass or Quentin Jammer. Rod needs to play. Yeah. All right, hey, from Juan Gomez, what are the score predictions this week? I might have missed them. You haven't missed them because we haven't given them here. Mm. Uh, we've talked about it on InsideTexas.com. Guys, I went – I, I debated between 35 to 13 and 41 to 13. I think that's kind of the – Is rain in your uh, – you factor in rain? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. And and I will say this. you got to remember, I think Wyoming probably has a little bit better defense than Rice. Now, I don't know that their offense is – I don't know where that ranks. But So I'm kind of pushing it that way. And, and we know that – look, they spent a lot of time on Alabama. Um, and so you can't expect them to come out with a totally different or new game plan against Wyoming the very next week. At the same time, you think they might be on a little bit higher plane right now, uh, execute better given what just occurred in Tuscaloosa last week. Yeah. I have 38 um, 9. I, I, 38 I, So that's the same category. One point better than the Rice game, really. But I think, um, yeah, I'm factoring maybe it's scattered showers or something, but I'm also. I'm also factoring in there. I think this is a game where you want to get out, you want to get out healthy, and you want to move on to at Baylor and start Big 12 play. So, um, and and Wyoming, I the big thing for me in this game is the Wyoming quarterback. I think he's beat up. I think he's beat up. I, I think it's. I guess. I guess he's gonna play, but I'm not. 100% sure he's going to play the Wyoming quarterback. Everybody says he is, but that guy was beat up. They pulled him out of the Portland State game in the fourth quarter last week. And I know they're up 21 against a bad team, but they still pulled him out of that game last week. So he's not 100%. And if I think Wyoming's going to play to protect him, and I think that could help Texas in this game. Because if, if they take away that some of that quarterback run game, because Wyoming's looking at how do we win seven games and go to a bowl again? 
They're 2-0. and They already beat Tech. They're not looking at this game as, okay, Peasley, you get out there and do your thing against Tavondre Sweat and these guys and get knocked the hell out. And I think if they protect him a little bit, it helps Texas. So it could I, be I a 5-9 type of game. Yeah, I agree with Jerry because they think they got a shot in the Mountain West yeah. to, to, to make some noise. And, you know, they don't want – they're not trying to shock the world versus Texas. They want they want to be able to kind of do what Rice did versus Texas. They want to come out, and they would love to put up a get show versus Texas. But yep. they like to leave here without anybody being hurt. They don't want to lose any of their big-time guys either. Uh, so I, I think you're right about that, Jerry, because Peasley, watching them on tape, I watched him on film. I should say, I sound like an old man watching him on tape. But watching <laughs> watching him uh, the video, he like he likes to run and scramble. A lot of those, you know, those run rushing yards for him are just broken down plays where he makes something happen. I wonder if the coach will probably discourage him versus Texas, or he may not even have those because the right. speed of Texas defense. I don't know if he'll even have that much room to yeah. scramble. I think they're gonna try to slow the game down. Um, they want to ball control, run the football. The rain will help them. Because I wonder if Sark will even dial things down a little bit and try to run the football if it's raining or the weather's yeah. bad, too. I got 30, mm, 36 to 3. Oh, wow. So you think the defense shows. Yeah, I still see how Wyoming – I'm trying to figure out how Wyoming scores in this game. And I can't yeah. – you know, I, I can't really – hell, Rice – right? It took Rice in the last – the fourth quarter. Yeah, and they had what, nine-minute drive to get and that. And they only had three because Sark went for it on the first series of the year on fourth down. That's the only reason they had any points. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm going defense shows up, man. That D line, I just don't see how the hell they block Murphy and and Sweat. They're gonna have to devote two guys to block each of them dudes. I think the, I think the tackles are really gonna struggle with Ethan Burke on the edge, and so I think Sorrell will probably have a big game too. I think the yeah. Wyoming tackles are in trouble. Maybe, in this one. maybe I'm cocky after the Bama watching defense versus Bama could be because listen, the, the weakness versus Bama was what the pass defense, right? Yeah. They got they gave up a couple of chunk yardage plays. In the Safeties the pass get defense. beat over the top. Jade Barrett. Yes. That's not I, happening against Wyoming. Ding, ding. I just don't see it happening versus Wyoming. Somebody else could do that, but not Wyoming. No. I like I, you're inspiring confidence. <laughs> I'm yeah, I like you. I like this. <laughs> I, I do want to say this. Uh, I, I tracked a little bit of Andrew Peasley against Texas Tech, not Portland State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 18 of 34 for two touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's the main stat line. Yeah. The bigger ones were this. Of, they had 24 first downs against Texas Tech through two overtimes. Yeah. I think through, um, through the first – regulation they had 17 or 18 first downs okay seven of them came from andrew peasley's legs yep exactly so keep that in mind he he they i talked to paul wadlington about this they want to play on third and three and third and four where he has a two-way go Mm yeah that's that's their game plan and i will say this rod i and and jerry i agree they're not necessarily coming in here thinking they're gonna win the you know beat the world or shock the world but if it's Close in the fourth quarter. Oh yeah, that's, a, that's like all, Rocky, all yeah. bets are off. That's like Rocky Balboa. He ain't so bad. He ain't so bad. He ain't so bad, man. Let's go. Oh, you don't hey, look, all I know is they have App State the next week. Uh, they're gonna they're Ooh. they're gonna play to get their quarterback out of here healthy Saturday. In my opinion. they should. App State gave Mac Brown all he wanted again uh, oh, last week. Hey, um, this one's uh, this question's from Jonathan Stoker. Uh, how do you think the defense will benefit when Mo Blackwell comes back comes back? Here's the interesting thing. I, Sark said he and Cedric Baxter are game time decisions. I don't think either. Personally, I don't think either are going to play tomorrow. I'm almost certain Mo Blackwell isn't. Um, so he's not coming back until Baylor. Okay. Um, what is what is what changes with the defense with Mo Blackwell versus David Benda slash Anthony Hill? He's a little bit more of a coverage linebacker. Yeah, isn't he? You're more malleable. 
right? I think, uh, you know, that means you, I, I think with, within, if Mo Blackwell's out there, it's a guy you can move around. You can, he's a guy that can put him in coverage. I think you can blitz him and put him on the front. Uh, I just think with a hybrid like Mo Blackwell, and I don't know if they're intending on him being a hybrid, but I think he is. He's moved back and forth. Uh, I just think it like Dan Quinn, that's the purpose of his defense, right? He likes a lot of hybrids because it makes you malleable. It gives you a lot of ways to solve a problem because you can move that guy around. With David Bender, more of a kind of old school kind of run stuffing linebacker, uh, and maybe he can be a liability in coverage. Most linebackers are Mo Blackwell is, isn't is a, li- a liability in coverage. He's a reformed safety. Yes, basically, like like Demo, like Demarvin Overshawn. Ultimately, yeah. that's what that's what you would. That's the I think the ultimate goal for a guy like Mo Blackwell would be if you're going to transition him to linebacker. I love this question. I love this question discussion. too. I'm interested yeah. to see if we have three different answers. Y'all what, go ahead. What, all right, what is a must do at the Ooh. game tomorrow for the Longhorns? I'll go first. I'll go first since Rod's thinking. Come out with physicality mm-hmm. on the offensive line, the opposite of what happened against Rice. Come out with physicality championship level physicality on the offensive line. If Texas does that, the rest will take care of itself tomorrow. Because they're playing against a bunch of 28-year-olds on the D-line now. <laughs> well, that, that's one of the things that was interesting when we talked to Andrew Taylor from the Wyoming Tribune. What he said is that he thinks all four of their defensive linemen will get some kind of Mountain West honors. Oh, yeah. Whether first team, they're second good. team, honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's going to be, you know, I'm not saying it's the tallest test, certainly not Alabama, um, but uh, you know that that means that that team is pretty good. And I'm I'm interested in to see whether or not that offensive line has more problems against quickness or more problems against big, mm-hmm. because Alabama is big, not necessarily the quick as quick even yeah. as a Rice who plays undersized guys, right? That's a good point. Wyoming may be a little bit of a mix of those two. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Mine is mine is consistency from Quinn Ewers. I don't. That's what has to happen. He needs to. He needs to be. I mean, he was sixty three percent against Rice and sixty three percent against Bama. Get into that sixty three to seventy percent range. Texas is going to win a lot of ball games this year. Well, and Bobby, to your point, like I, I think some people look around and say, "Well, this quarterback commits 70 percent of his passes," but. How many guys play in true NFL offenses where you're throwing the ball downfield a lot? So his you were 63% is pretty much like 68 or 70 in some other offenses because he's throwing the ball down the field. He's throwing NFL route tree. There's a lot of throws far more than 15 yards down the field if Sark has his way offensively. Well, he and to be fair, Jerry's right. He he was 10 of 10 or 10 of 11 within five yards of line of scrimmage yeah. on, on Saturday night against Tuscaloosa. So yeah. this, the, the range yeah. is it, he could be, if he was in a dink and dunk offense, his completion percentage would definitely be different, but I, I'm just looking for consistency. Yeah. If you hit that 62, 64%, like you're saying 65, if he completes 63% for the season in this offense, Texas is going to be hitting on a lot of cylinders. Yeah. Many well, they're going to average nine to 10 yards of throw. That's for sure, for completion. What, you uh, must, what, what must do for you? I have mm. noticed more people are saying hi after the win yeah. last week. When the <laughs> That's true. Yeah, everybody's happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is going to be this, Jerry, to your point, it's going to be what happens tomorrow night when the, the guys show up That's right. outside of their north side of the state. Now, I'm going to shout out to Rocky and Fancy Boots. Longhorn fans know them very well. <laughs> They're hanging out at the co-op, too, so it's a star-studded affair out here. All right. Um, but must do at the game um, – Man, can I just say Arch? We want to see Arch. 
Because <laughs> if we saw, oh. if we see Arson, everything is going according to plan, right? Sark yeah. said in the Rice game, he wanted, he had, he had every intention on playing Arch and giving him some snaps. He's gonna redshirt this year, so I'm not trying to, you know, start any controversy. He's gonna redshirt, but he wanted to give him some snaps in the game, and he didn't. What went wrong? Rice had a nine-minute drive in that yep. damn game, and that's defense fault. Actually, got to get off the field. But nine-minute drive, they score a touchdown, and then we don't get to see Arch. So I'm gonna say, what's a must at this game? We must see Arch because if we see Arch taking snaps, that means there was a, a really good cushion in the first half, and then we get Malik out there. Malik gets some nice quality reps in, and then we get to see Arch close it out, and that means everything went according to plan. So we must see Arch. Uh, hey, here's one. Any freshman, and this is a good follow-up from Austin. Yeah. In, any freshman that haven't played yet besides Arch that we might be able to see tomorrow? Well, there's some that have played but haven't played much. DeAndre Moore comes to mind. Uh, Ryan Niblett comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, Samaje Burrell has not played. Cecilia Connors played a little bit. Uh, Leonga LaFowle, we were talking about his mom being here earlier. I, I'm, I'm guessing he he's hopeful to get some snaps tomorrow. Uh, is, this a, is this a game you see Sidir Mitchell for three or four more snaps? If, oh, if that Wyoming's means- going to interior run game this thing you know if it's true carter's not 100 percent. you can tell when he comes in the game he's got the big left knee brace on um because again the thing i look at is one of the reasons rice moved the ball and scored is how many how few snaps texas played their starters in that game how much rotation there was now it was a thousand degrees on the field and we're three games into the season but i just wonder if you start to see you know Derek williams probably plays a little bit more at safety yeah, I want to see that. That's, that's going to be good. All right, uh, guys, get in your questions right now. Uh, we got about five more minutes here uh, before we uh, call it a, a wrap here at the co-op. Uh, I'm, we're sitting here. I'm Bobby Burton alongside Rod Babers and Jerry Hamilton. This is the Friday afternoon Longhorn live stream brought to you by Andy Ludicky and MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, let's go here with a couple of questions. And where did it go? I just had it. Here we go. Hold on a second. Jerry, any new updates on visitors list for tomorrow? Go go over what you had earlier in the conversation because a lot of people have joined us. Yeah, I mean, Colin Simmons says he's coming in. Um, so uh, everything on schedule there. Uh, Deontre Robinson's flying in in the morning, so he'll be on campus. Number of the commits, Daniel Cruz. Nate Kipple's got a Thursday night game. Jordan Washington, uh, Trey Owens, they're coming in. They both have off weeks this week as well. Um, you know, Solomon Williams may have had to cancel his official. We're, we're, we're still running down the particulars on that. Ryan Wingo obviously will be in town. Uh, in 25s, a lot of guys. Corian Moore uh, scheduled to be in town. Jonte Newman, lineman out of Bridgeland, who plays for former Texas AM D lineman Lonnie Madison. That's a school out in Cypress. He's scheduled to be in. Um, there's a kid, John Mills, offensive lineman out of California, San Francisco area, that's now coming in unofficially. Uh, so the, the the visitors list is going to be tremendous tomorrow. Uh, Marcus Harris out of Modern Day, one of the top t- junior receivers in the country. Taz Williams out of Red Oak. The receivers, Andrew Marsh, another highly ranked top 20 kid in the country at wideout. All those kids are scheduled to be in tomorrow. It's going to be a great visitors list. I think we'll continue to add some 25 names to it here in the next 24 hours. All right. Chris Bird, hey Bobby, I watch every day and y'all are great, but you know ne- you have never picked my questions. Holler at me. <laughs> this is actually the one I was looking at. I went to nice. another recruiting one. What recruits are playing tonight that we should keep an eye on? 
Jerry, you, you know any guys playing tonight? Yeah, so I have not looked. So. IMG has their first home game tonight. They're playing Glenville out of Cleveland, which I'm sure Bobby's been to that high school at least once over the years when they both used to be loaded with Power 5 guys. Um, IMG's first home games tonight. Um, Jordan Johnson Rebell is quietly having a tremendous year. He's got 16 tackles in three games against all nationally ranked teams. Knocked the kid's helmet off last week. Playing very physical. Looks like he could go roll with Texas right now to me. Jarrett Gibson's carried it 59 times uh, in three games. So Bobby Bobby just got something. I don't know. Would you get a parking ticket? It's awesome. No, it's a, it's a question from the audience. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's got the university co-op. It's a receipt from the co-op. So we, <laughs> since he spent money at the co-op, we officially have to ask these questions. What is the correct way to do the horns? It, I do them like this. This is the correct. Yeah. The hey, correct Matt, Matt, you like got to flash the photo. Matt, Matt, where's the, the, where's the, the photo? Where's the, the photo? Hey, Fine Bomb did it pretty right. I thought. I thought he did it right. Um. Do you think uh, it's here to help? Oh, do you think Paul Christ is here to help fix the run game? Oh, that's interesting. There it is. There's Feinbaum doing the hookem. Nice. (laughs) He's first ever. First First ever hookem on on Texas. Look at my face in that thing too. Beautiful. Right. He's like, come on now, (laughs) Rodney. Oh God, I can't understand that one. Look, okay, here's my thing on the run game. Come on, Matt. Don't do this to me. <laughs> here's my thing on the run game. I think um, I, I'm going to come back to this. I'm going to keep coming back to this. Texas rushed for more yards against Alabama last week than they did the year before with Bijan and Roshan. I'm going to keep coming back to that because I think the re- thing with running the football is this, this clock running on first downs I think is going to affect – some of that. Um, I, I really do. I mean, you got you, the key is to be able to run the ball when you want to run the ball. Uh, but having that five, six less plays a game, I think it's going to fa- I think people are going to look back after this year and say the run yard, the rushing yards per team may have gone down more than the passing yards per team because of that lost possession or two with the clock rule. I really believe that. But I think the Texas run game is going to be fine. And the reason I say that is the offensive line just didn't come out knocking people on their butt in the rice game. Mm-hmm. I, I liked what I saw from DJ Campbell Saturday in Tuscaloosa. I mean, when former Alabama players are saying that guy should have had a flag, he was mean to Alabama players <laughs> headed in the right direction. Okay. When former Alabama NFL players are questioning why a flag wasn't thrown, DJ Campbell's hitting people as hard as he needs to, and he's not thinking, he's reacting. And the other thing is, center backs haven't been healthy yet. He would have gone for 100 plus against Rice. You saw it on that run where he had the cutback lane. He just fell on his right shoulder, not the football. He fell on his right shoulder. He was gonna have a big game. I I think Texas is gonna be fine running the football, guys. So I want to say this about Jerry Hamilton: he would be fine with a team full of Casey Hamptons and Casey Studders. Yes. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I can do he, he might he, win a national title he, with a line full of Casey Hammonds and, and Studders. Uh, that's that's, no doubt. that's uh that's he likes uh, when he talks about DJ Campbell, he gets uh he gets happy oh, about it. And Daniel right. Cruz Go and ahead. Daniel Cruz coming in, baby. Yeah, now he's got some nasty in him. He's got yes. a lot of nasty, nasty and violence. Yes, uh, but I, I do expect a big game out of uh, Alfred Collins. I think he's gonna have a two set game coming up here pretty quick. He's just he's getting he's making He's make he's getting too much penetration quickly. I think the plays are going to come for him. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that because you can tell he's impacting the game. He's just not getting the splash plays. I actually agree with that one hundred percent. 
Uh, I'm going to go back to what you were saying earlier about the running game, though. I think in time, because I don't know if they can run – he wants to run the ball when he wants to run the ball, right? I think right yeah. now they're running the ball kind of when they need to run the ball, which is in the second half versus Rice to close out the game versus Alabama. He wants to be able to dominate and impose their will whenever they want to. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be the, the identity of this running game. I think the running game ultimately will find its way and find its groove when people are so fearful of the passing game that they decide to hell with it, man. You can have the light box. I got to worry about X-Man and AD. X-Man, he made the comment to uh, Sark said on his uh, show with Craig Way, the coach's show, yeah, that he said, I felt like I was getting doubled every play in the second half. And Sark was like, you were. Yeah. That's the whole point. We're going to get these. Uh, you were a decoy. We got these other guys now. We got A.D. Mitchell. We got J.T. Sanders. I think ultimately, guys, defensive coordinators are going to go, I'm not getting beat by the deep shot or, you know, the, the haymaker downfield to these three NFL weapons in a passing game. You want to beat me with this running game. Well, isn't, right, isn't well, that the idea of the three it? high safety, though? Isn't well, that, isn't that what Wyoming's play? Wyoming's going to play flyover defense, right? They do play some three high. Yes, they yeah. do play. They do like some of that three high. I don't know if they have, you know. They don't have the juice. No. They have the personnel to really execute it. The truth is, though, Sark's offenses do struggle. Uh, you're talking about – no, nine fewer points per game on average when they face a three high defense. And, you know, so it's it's one of those things I do think in this game, I don't think it'll matter, but it's the RPO that really is can is distorted yeah. with the with the three high because it distorts the number. You, you they, they make an account with the RPO. You're counting whether you have the numbers advantage in the box. If you do, you hand it off. If not, boom, we're gonna we're gonna flip that thing out to the uh to the route, whatever the tag is. But the three high, it distorts with that that number is what that box count is. And sometimes the, the quarterback makes a, it makes an inaccurate count or he chooses wrong. Like, Oh, you don't have the numbers yeah. advantage in the passing game, but you still threw to the passing game. And that's a lot of what Sark's offense is. He calls the RPO based passing game. And if you want to run a lot of RPOs, the three has the perfect defense to run to neutralize. Hey, somebody's mentioned, somebody mentioned Dunkerville and Lake Ridge play tonight on Texan live. If you're going to tune into that, tune in quick. Lake Ridge is 0-3. It's going to be a blood. It's going to be a blood <laughs> Make sure you're in on the first quarter. Make sure you see the kickoff. Oh, quarter and a half of that one. It'll be like that's Mike Tyson talent, back in the day. Talent mismatch now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, get there early. Uh, another question here. And by the way, UT boy is here, Jerry. Yeah. Uh, he said, oh, yeah. Um, do you think? Look, do you guys think uh, not being able to run in the red zone, uh, or not being able to run, is going to hurt? Texas in the red zone? Obviously, I think the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, th that leads me to this question. A.D. Mitchell has three TDs right now. Two of them were relatively simple slants over the yes. middle RPO mm -hmm. in the red zone. Yep. I mean, he was wide open. on they. I mean, there literally wasn't a defender within three yards of him on either throw. Yeah, Sark's running a lot of RPOs in the red zone. I got to go back and check, but I, I can remember them, a lot of them. Maybe that's his – Maybe that's his solution. Like the even that's the, what I was saying. Is, was up, yeah. yeah, that that's what I'm getting at. Is it, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to pay attention to that, or else they're you keep you keep running that play, and nobody's within five yards of the guy or three yards of the guy. You're not you're gonna have to play a different defense. Yep. You're gonna have to drop the linebacker, and then all of a sudden you can run the ball more easily. There you go. That's, and try to get yeah exactly, and because is. the Bama guy literally was hugging the line of scrimmage, mm -hmm. and I I don't even remember what the Rice guy was doing that. But anyways, uh, back to back to some other questions. Uh, one of the last ones here, uh, this one from David Parcell. Here we go. Uh, Sark might miss out on a 1,000-yard rusher, but he might get two 1,000-yard receivers, Xavier Worthy and JT Sanders. 
I agree with this, actually. I agree. I think I, we said this on, uh, on one of the live streams uh, earlier this week that it's going to be tough to get that 1,000-yard rusher. First of all, you're dealing with injuries already to what people think might be the most talented of those runners. Um, and I don't know if he's found the role for all the running backs yet. I don't know if he knows what role Jay Brooks – um, what role, uh, obviously Cedric Bash is dealing with some injuries. Uh, I don't know if he wrote, knows the role. He knows the role of Keenan Robinson, I think. But I don't know if he knows the role of Jaden Blue. And Jaden Blue's involved in there. Jaden Blue played against Alabama. That means he trusts that guy, too. He wants to use 21 personnel. I thought he would kind of abandon it, but I thought we see, you know, kind of decrease uh, decrease usage in 21 personnel. First couple of games, I've still seen a lot of 21 personnel without Rojo and Bijan. So I, I think he's going to use multiple running backs all year long, running back by committee. It's pretty obvious one of them receivers is getting to a thousand yards. I don't think JT will get there. JT will leave Texas, yeah. though, in my opinion, as the statistically most prolific tight end in Texas football history. I believe yeah. that. Hey, what's the what's the season record for touchdown catches at Texas? I don't know that. I don't know that answer, Jerry. We're laughing. By the way, uh, Rod went to Lamar High School. I went to Dobie High School down in the Houston area. Oh, yeah. They played last night. I show I show Rod the. What was Lamar, it? Lamar Texans roll past Dobie Longhorns. Boom, boom, boom. Love that, baby. <laughs> Not even close. I saw the highlights. They I was rolled. trying to catch it. I saw the highlights, though, baby. <laughs> hey, somebody cool. asked if coaches can talk to recruits. Absolutely. I mean, at these games, that's what these visits are for. Um, absolutely, that's the case. Hey, by the way, sorry about my lighting, dude. It hasn't rained here in two months. And today it's just like a hailstorm just came through. Like it's amazing, man. Like I wasn't planning on having Jerry got put in the closet. I wasn't planning on the sky going completely dark in the three to four hours. So sorry about that, guys. Hey, all right. Hey, this that's gonna do it for today, guys. The detail is horrible. Thank you all so much for coming out uh, today. Oh, oh, within oh, here we go from Keith Kabir Hussein. With all the hype around Nayor, where has he been? Injured. Is he still? Um, he is not still injured. He is not a hundred percent. guys. He's just not. I mean, he wasn't in preseason camp. He was getting closer and closer to it, but his, his cutting ability is just not the same. Okay. Now, could I be, I haven't seen him in a week and a half, I guess, or whatever it's been. Um, but that's, that's where it's at for me. Yeah. I mean, he's not a hundred, he's not a hundred percent, or at least he wasn't. Um, and that's where, that's where it's, it's at. That plus the fact that A.D. Mitchell has been so oh, good. So there's good. been no reason to push him into service when he's not really ready yet. That's a great point. Yeah. And, and, and Rock can speak to this. I mean, he can't speak to experience on it. But the whole thing about a receiver is being able to gear down and then explode and create separation. Yep. When you're 6'3", 210 coming off an ACL, it takes a lot of confidence in that knee to drop that butt and gear down really hard. Yep. It's one thing to run a go route. The go route's not going to get him on the field. You got to do the rest of it. And, and I think he's slowly building his confidence back in that regard. I really do. Yeah. I was always scared of the guys who could decelerate really fast. Yeah. yeah if I can get to that top speed, but then you decelerate right. really quickly, you can yep. stop on the dime. That guy's scary. Guys, uh, thank y'all for joining me today uh, here at the co-op. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, Rod Babers. I uh, thank y'all for coming as well. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate yeah. it. Uh, also, thanks to Zane Petty, ATX Dubstep, Buddy Powell, Chief Big Guy, Fresh Prince, Slender Pop, Kabir Hussein uh, with the Super Chats as well. And thank you to the folks of the co-op. Uh, we really do appreciate them, as well as our sponsor, Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net. Give him a shout if you're looking to start a business. All right. Uh, for Rod and Jerry, 
I'm Bobby Burton. Good luck to the Longhorns tomorrow. We'll be back with a Saturday morning conversation. We've got a pregame event. Then we're watching, doing the watch with us, oh, yeah. as well as the postgame. Uh, we're going to be here on game day. Hook them. Hook them. <laughs>